0: What's up, world? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Ankle Biters podcast where we talk college football from a college fantasy football perspective. I am your host, Tony, a.k.a. Farnsworth. Some people call me Farnsworth. The ones close to me call me Farnsworth. You know I'm joined by my man, 100 Grand, my co-host, Owens. What is going on, my guy? What is up with you, My partner. How you doing can, today, bro? Listen, man, you can hear my voice. <laughs> it's a little cracky, you know, a little in and out. I scream so uh, much. I know where that's from. From the, from the game yesterday. That's today up. being Sunday night. We're recording this podcast on Sunday night. The Red River Shootout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a game for the ages. I screamed the whole game. From- I had to from the spotting of 14 points
1: from
0: the, from the first play. I'm screaming. Minute and a half into the game, 14. <laughs> 14 points. We'll get to that in a minute because I don't want to keep my our, our, our special guest waiting. This is special right. guest month here on the Ankle Biters podcast, and we've got a legend in the game a CFF game we call him one of the ogs in What's the up? game this man is uh he needs really no introduction his 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 reputation precedes him so i'm gonna let him come on in and and, and give us uh you know just just grace us What's up? Know, with the with the info and and, and all the and, and everything that he does, he represents the community so well. Enough of me talking. Everybody give it up for my man John Lobb, the gridiron skull. What's going on, Mr. Lobb?
2: You hey said, man, it has been the best 48 hours of college football all is. season. Yes, I've enjoyed this year tremendously. I like a little bit of chaos at the top of the rankings. I mm-hmm. like unpredictability. Mm-hmm. I think it's been a fun year. And mm-hmm. the games kept me riveted to the television yesterday. I think I was up till 11, 30, 12. You know, just so many good games at Michigan, the Alabama games. Just fantastic football. The group of five has given us some fantastic football mm-hmm. and college fantasy football results this year. Right. I mean, I can't imagine not watching – the group of five, if you're a college football fan. I know there's people who just like the Power Five, but man, the group of five offers such good football, so many high-scoring games. It's just been a great 48 hours.
0: Yes, sir. Absolutely. I believe this is the best week of college football that we've had so far. I mean, from start to finish, there was so much to watch, so much to look at. Thank goodness for technology. Thank God. For technology, we can multicast, we can multi stream. I don't know if you you guys have seen some of my pictures that I've posted on Twitter with me multicasting, watching about eight games at one time on one TV. You talking <laughs> about heaven? You yes, sir. Heaven? I get to it's almost like my eyes are never, you know, never still. I'm looking at everything, <laughs> but so much to talk about on this past week. So many good games, so many great matchups, so many great finishes. Um, I mean, you had game after game going down to the wire, so many great plays, the CFF gold, the CFF goodness. Of course, with that, you have the flip side of it where you had some guys, you know, lay some eggs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know? <laughs> A couple of guys lay some eggs. John mentioned that he was up until about, you know, 11, 30, 12. I was up after midnight because I was playing this guy right here. Owens, oh, my man, a hundred grand. Listen, we've been had. We've we've had the Sooner Nation League. This is our sixteenth year. Yes. So in college fantasy football. Yes. So after that we've been on fan tracks. Yes. And this is my this is my ace boom. This is my guy, my right hand man, as uh, uh my my kids would say, my bestie. But this is my number one rival, rival. yes, sir. Number one rival. <laughs> and <laughs> I played him this past week. Right. Oh no, it was listen, it was it 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 went with the theme of the day. Yeah, it did really. The it did the game went with the theme of the day coming down to the wire. Yes, I ended up pulling it out because. Listen because, to me, listen to me, y'all. Uh, this is a man, this is, a, this is an Texas type of outcome, right here. <laughs> Go ahead and tell them why. <laughs> listen to me, listen to me, audience. If you don't have some type of injury rule in your league, I encourage you. I admonish you to get with your GMs, get with your um, your commissioners, and mm-hmm. work something out. We've had this rule for some years now, and we love it. We have an injury substitution rule that if there is a late scratch, because college fe- college football, you know, the, the, the coaches, they're not required to give you injury information.
2: Right. They and give you nothing.
0: They give nothing. you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they string you along and they lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, then, and then there are times where they just give you nothing. Right. right. And so you want to kind of mitigate that because you get burned so many times because of that particular thing and college fantasy football we love it so much you wanted to make the I mean you want to make the experience as fun and as enjoyable as possible and this is one of the the ways that we thought we came up with Owens and I to help that experience be the most grand that it could possibly be so what we do is we set one quarterback one running back and one wide receiver as our injury substitutions just in case there's a late scratch that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. We, we post it in our league chat before the game start. This extends over into the first quarter. We extended it over into the first quarter. If a player gets hurt in the first quarter and does not return to the game, the injury substitution rule still applies. Whatever player you picked for, for, uh, for that position, Owens or myself, we will insert them into the game. That won me the league yesterday because here's uh-huh. it. Here's what <laughs> happened. Dontavian Wiggs gets hurt in the first quarter. I think it was his first catch with the like, wide receiver. Right. Yes. For for, for uh, Virginia. Virginia. 13 right. minutes left in the first quarter. He gets hit. The refs end up ruling it a legal hit. I mean, it's 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 kind of fishy because they left the unnecessary roughness penalty, but they took away the targeting. He did not return. My injury substitution for the week was Calvin Austin because he burned me the previous week. I should have just started him, but he burned me the previous week by not getting in the end zone against Temple. Then he's going against Tulsa, and I'm like, Tulsa's pretty tough. So I'm going to just use him as my injury substitution. He ends up with 200 yards and a touchdown. Ties our fantasy. It ties the game. Ties when I insert the game. Him in. Well, the tiebreaker, the in-game tiebreaker – is bench points is bench points oh no
1: (laughs) yes yeah yeah you know what I call you right I call you
0: (laughs) I had plenty of bench points I had plenty I had I had more than enough to win and and the the reason why I was up I know this is a long story it's pretty you know uh elongated but, but but listen it feels so good. I have to say Hold it on, because this is my number one rival. Again, John mentioned that he was up till about midnight. I was up till about one o'clock because the Arizona UCLA game was still on, and Owens had Charbonnet in the game Ooh. Ooh. Hey, and Phillips and Kyle Phillips, and Kyle Phillips. had one catch oh, for like eleven yards or
2: something like that. What oh, are the odds of that? Unbelievable! At one point. Charbonnet, one of the biggest. One of the biggest busts of the week. Yes. yes. Against yes.
0: Arizona. Unbelievable. They're, 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 they're out there trying out walk-ons, for God's sake. <laughs> they stink. Unbelievable. And Charbonnet. I'm watching it with every carry. I'm like, no, don't break one. Don't let him break one. And he never really broke one. He got 111 yards. And it was about, I don't know, six, five, six minutes left when they pulled him they brought another guy. Yeah, I was mad. They brought number 22 in. Oh, and I thought, man. oh, yes, just run the ball. Just run the ball and run clock. Come on, Chip. Just run the ball and run clock. He did not put Charbonnet in. Once I knew that, I saw what Owens had. And I knew that once I put Calvin Austin in the game, it would be a tie ball game because Charbonnet was done. And had he broke one more run, it he was over for me. Ten yards. You give me ten more yards. Ten more yards, and he would have won. So that was my day. I feel good about that. I know that's very, very long-winded, and I'm belaboring my point, but I don't care. I feel good. I feel good. Guys, let's get into some of this stuff. Alabama AM and m down goes Bama. Down goes Bama. We're going to College Station, the 12th man. Nick Saban, the greatest college football coach of all time. Hands down, nobody's arguing that. I believe he's the greatest halftime adjuster I've ever seen ever in my life. I agree. Jimbo made some calls in this game (laughs) that I started to question why they gave him so much money after having done so little up to this point. But you kind of see now. The guy does have a national championship as a head coach under his belt with Florida State, Jameis Winston, Kelvin Benjamin, and those guys. But some of the calls in that game were A+. Zach Calzada, I'll get into him in a minute, played as good of a game as you could play against a team like Alabama in that setting, in that environment. Guys, what do you think about
2: that game yesterday? I was shocked, and I was surprised that Isaiah Spiller – Played well, better than I thought. Mm-hmm. I benched him on one or two teams. I own him on a bunch of teams. So, you yeah. know, I like to take the risk and, um, you know, spread it out sometimes when you have multiple teams. Right. But I thought he was really good. And finally, Jalen Weidenberger came through. Been waiting for him all year, man. I didn't know if he had a heartbeat anymore. He, is, <laughs> he, he has been MIA. And what happened to Jaleel Billingsley yesterday, man? Oh, my God. But you know what? Texas AM, and the SEC is tough, man. They got athletes. Jimbo's a good coach. He's not in Saban's class. But you know what? He took a young quarterback. What was that, his fourth start? Third or fourth start?
0: I believe so, yeah.
2: And, hey, you know what? They beat him in College Station. It's hard to go on the road in the SEC. The Aggies deserve the W. Now let's see if they can keep it up. To me, that's the key. And this week, Will. Let me ask you: Will Spiller go for over two hundred against Missouri this oh, weekend?
1: Missouri's defense stink, and he will. That's, I think I think Spiller my, and I think Spiller and A-C ain't gonna have about a
2: hundred. Oh my gosh! They are so. It's almost like I want to say bad, like sad. Like it's for an SEC school to be that bad. I, I the words are not there.
0: It's ridiculous.
1: It
2: is, just,
0: yeah. There's, there's, there's no words in the human vocabulary that would describe the, 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 the heap of mess of, 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 of uh, run defense that they have. I was looking for DeAndre Torrey to have the game of his life, but I yeah. guess the uh, coaching change, I guess the defensive lineman coach getting fired, that change kind of sparked something. Uh, I think it's just like a, uh, is what you call one of those um, uh, sparkles on Fourth of July they only ah. last for a little ball you know and then they're out they're going i think i think a chain and and uh spiller and whoever else they have back there that i mean just just throw them all in the game throw them all in the game they're going to run it down a and m's throat no doubt about that guys another great game on the slate we had yesterday penn state and iowa talking about a slobber knocker man um i feel for james franklin losing his quarterback uh i knew it was over once the other guy came in the game was just too big for him he was not ready for that the young guy iowa they smelled blood as soon as they saw this guy they came after the young they're
2: like all right
0: (laughs) they pounced right on him and they and they and they started sending everything that he thought he'd never see
2: (laughs) you know that's when the d coordinator says gentlemen Everything we talked about, throw it out. Rush yes. the quarterback. Yes, yes. <laughs> just,
1: Fred, just get the quarterback. That's that's a situation, man. that You do not want to get thrown into. No. You know what I mean, like this. I'm I'm going. I'm a first time out on the field. This is this is the situation you're gonna put me in. No. <laughs> I'm on
2: the road against Iowa.
0: No. <laughs> Scholar-
2: scholarship ain't worth that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a rocking Kinnick Stadium in that environment with everything on the line, the undefeated season up to this point. Right, uh, the, the team has played great, and now all of that weight falls on his shoulders. Oh, what right. a situation to be in. I mean, he didn't do uh, that much worse than Sean Clifford. Both of them threw two picks. So, <laughs> I mean his his completion percentage was worse, of course. I mean, right, seven right. of 21 for 34 yards. That lets you know when he came in, the Iowa defense was licking their chops. Penn State couldn't run the ball. Of course, you knew that. Iowa yeah. actually ran the ball better than I thought they would. Me too. Yes. I mean, 3.5 yards a carry for uh my man Goodson spin shady right there that's not good but I mean but they kept handing it to him he had wow. 25 totes for 88 yards I'll let you know right there that they were kind of confident that whatever he was doing was enough was enough for them to do what they needed to do in order for them to pull out the win and they did get the win so kudos to the Hawkeyes and right. Kirk Ference you were always I was always wondering why they just keep giving him money well they <laughs> they, keep, uh-huh. they keep extending his contract I'm like the dude he doesn't hardly win anything. <laughs> He played (laughs) good defense. He put some great tight ends and some offensive linemen into the NFL. And that's it. Right. Right. That's it. The Red River shootout, guys. Oh. The Red River shootout. An emotional roller coaster. That's why my voice is the way that it is. I screamed the whole game. (laughs) Again, from the first play. Xavier Worthy takes that ball to the house because Jaden Davis. Poor tackling. Poor, poor tackling. A. And then yeah. the safety takes a bad angle to the house. Mm. Just a few plays later, touchdown B. John Robinson. After 14 0. You're talking about a game for the ages, one of the classics? We thought last year was a classic in what is it, triple overtime? Mm-hmm. This year. Was much more of a classic. Rattler not so lucky this time around. He got benched last year. Yeah. It might be his last, it might be his last Red River rivalry. I You're think right. Right. this is right. what I believe, guys. I think that that first throw, not the run in the first half for Caleb Williams, but that throw, that first throw to Marvin Mims scrambles. where he scrambles. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he makes that throw off his back foot. Yes, I believe that throw was the nail in the coffin to Spencer Rattler when he made that throw and Marvin Mims adjusted and caught that ball because the defender was draped all over him. He didn't see the ball. Right, Mims just made a play. I guess that's his baseball skills, you know, coming out right there. But he makes the play, and when I when I saw that, I thought it's over for Spencer. Yes so yes. this yes. is the start this is the dawn of a new era yes this is the start yes. this is the new beginning Caleb Williams has to be the guy coming out but Texas played I knew Bijan would do that I actually knew he would do that because the dude he's he is the best running back in college football yes period
1: yes
0: and I'm saying that as a sooners fan yes. I may need to wash my mouth out after this podcast for talking so good about Texas. <laughs> but the reality is, listen, the dude is the best running back. And listen, he is one of the best players he's in college team. football, Yes, period. There's no argument about that. No argument about that. The dude is going to be unbelievable at the next level. Xavier Worthy, the freshman, lit Jaden Davis. oh man. Listen, he's still open right now. He's wide open right now. Right now he's wide open, brother. Right, right now he's wide open. Throw him the ball, Casey Thompson. <laughs> what do you guys think about this game? Oh man, listen uh, from from jump. Like I said, from jump,
1: Texas had all the control. Man, the whole first half, it was just pretty much all Texas Longhorns. I mean, they throwing horns up, man. They partying, man. It's just like the like, oh, you made so many mistakes. They made. I mean, they just – it was ridiculous how the first half went. And it was as if – I know people call it Sooner Magic, but it as, as if Sooner Magic happened when the quarterback change occurred. And Caleb Williams came in the game as if he had been playing the whole season. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it was ice water in his veins. The guy like, – like, for example, you take a snap and it, and it falls – you know, hits the ground and just picks it up, and then not you move immediately. Ah, this is it, it, it was it was, as, it was like he he was he, as he was picking it up, his eyes was up the field, and he was down the field looking while he was picking the ball up, scrambling and throw a dart between two defenders in the end zone. It's like, wait a minute, who is this guy? I mean, I heard you was good, but who is this guy? You you, this is your first game in this situation. Okay, imagine coming into the game, your first game. And you down by, you down 28-7, fourth and one, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, 66-yard touchdown run, right? I, I, I like, wait a minute. Like, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? Yeah. And then you come back and you make some of the throws, you make some of the plays that you, you made. You put the ball, you're going to have the ball uh, last to have a chance to win the game. This is your first game in, a, in one of the best college football robberies you know that that there is. This is your. This is the situation you was put in. Down twenty. Down twenty one. You got to make plays. You got the ball last. You driving. You make the plays and you lead your team back to win the game. It's unbelievable how he performed in this game. And so it was just like, like I said, soon the magic happened. I believe the quarterback change take, took place as well. I think moving forward, it's going to be a Caleb Williams show because not only did the quarterback change take place, I think Oklahoma's offense actually looked like the Oklahoma offense we used to see him when he got in the game. So moving forward, I just don't see how Lincoln Roddy can keep this guy out off the field, man. You looking like you're gonna keep? Are you gonna make the offense look like it's
2: supposed to be? You should be. There. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Mister
0: Live, what you think?
2: I. I think it's the end of Spencer Rattler's career in Oklahoma, (laughs) depending on an injury. Um, I was—I've never been as high on him in Devi leagues as others. Mm -hmm. I I had Spencer Howell ranked ahead of him for a very long time now. Mm -hmm. Um, I questioned his maturity Mm -hmm. and some of the things I've seen on interviews and his body language. He he just isn't ready. And you know what? I think it's good that this young man takes a step backwards. And he's got to figure things out. Because right now, if if a coach or a scouting department looks into his background and sits down with this young man, not very many people are going to be interested in bringing him into their NFL locker room. He has a long way to grow. I also think he has some mechanic problems. His arm is strong, but I don't think his mechanics are sound on a regular basis. Um, I thought, I think, I still do, Jalen Hurts has better mechanics than Spencer Rattler. Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hurts was a second-round pick. And to compare right now where Hurts was and Rattler, they're not even in the same ballpark as prospects. That is
0: so true. I agree with both of you. I don't know that you can continue after seeing what Caleb did, after seeing how it changed your offense, how it changed your team, the psyche of your team, the, 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 the mood of your team. It changed the energy of the team. Everything. Yeah, everything. And, John, you're absolutely correct. His body language is everything. And, and you saw that yesterday. Yes. You saw that yesterday. There's rumors coming out. And you saw it for I me mean, with you were paying attention to the game he was not interested in, in Caleb Williams' success. He was not interested. He was not having it. He did he didn't celebrate. Um, I've seen pictures. I know people that were at the game, and I've seen pictures when when the game when the players were on the field celebrating after the game, he's walking back to the locker room.
2: It's so, not good.
0: Yeah, that's 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 not good at all. So when you talk about the whole sit-down and you're and you're evaluating him as a person. And oh uh, man, I just I just don't know. I think he has too much confidence in his arm. He has too much confidence in his arm and he has nothing else to go with it, which is a bad recipe. So it's it's a bad recipe. Arkansas Mississippi guys, I'm I'm trying to move fast because there's so much to get into. I'm I'm not going to say anything about this. I'm going to John get after it. Arkansas hey. Mississippi
2: K.J. Jefferson, K.J. Jefferson, K.J. Jefferson. He's only on 25% of college fancy football rosters. Now, I got lucky yesterday. I I liked him. I posted him as a sleeper on my Twitter account, Mm -hmm. but I did not expect him to lead college fancy football. I think he had 49 points, three rushing touchdowns, three throwing touchdowns. I mean, I thought he'd have a good day. I knew he'd bounce back. I thought the crazy part. Georgia is ridiculous. Their front seven is as good of a front seven that I've seen in 40 years of watching college football. I Mm -hmm. mean, those boys are fast, strong. They hit, they rap. So whatever happened in the Arkansas versus Georgia game, just throw it out. It doesn't matter. Because if you were watching Arkansas before that, they put a whooping on Texas, and yeah. K.J. Jefferson's been playing good football. Yeah. You just – look it. Georgia's a different defense right now. And when you play defenses like that, you can't hold it against the young man. K.J. Jefferson's a sophomore. He's awesome. He's yeah. awesome. And, I mean, the, the be in a shootout with Matt Corral, what a great game. You know, it was interesting. I'm lucky because I have two TVs. So I had the old miss and um Arkansas game on one, and I had that um Red River rivalry on the other because they were both so damn good I couldn't yeah. take my eyeballs <laughs> off either one.
0: That's right. He scored 63 points in our league because our our we we score our passing yards different. Okay. So he had 63. We got we, we got one point per 15 passing yards.
2: Oh yeah, and he had over 300 yards, right? Yes. Oh, yeah,
0: 326, 326. There to you go. Three, two,
2: I mean, so
1: yeah. the, the, the defense to stayed at home in that game. They didn't even. they defense didn't even come to
0: that.
2: Game. <laughs> no, I do I think they had the JV out on both teams, man. Hey.
0: <laughs> Listen, guys, that's what we want to see. I <laughs> know. Oh, hey, yeah, I'm all right. for it, yeah.
2: man. Hey, there I love mind. looking. I love watching Georgia play. I get it. But from a
0: college fantasy, yes. I want nothing to do with the Jets. Yes. Hey, Matador defense all day. All want day. To see Matador defense. He yeah. wants the points galore. Light that scoreboard up. Forget this. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's what we want to see. I was shocked at that game. I thought Matt Corral would struggle. I have him in our home league, and I sat him because he threw six picks last year in that game and i'm thinking okay i want him to show me that he has learned how to read this three high safety funky look that barry odom throws out there because he was completely confused last yeah. year i mean right. he was throwing balls where he should not have been throwing balls last year and i wanted to see it man did i see it did yeah. I,
2: see. <laughs> I think that was you know what with spencer off the off the um off the radar now for nfl scouts at least for the short term Corral and Howell is going to be an interesting argument and Malik Willis. I mean, it's going to be those three are really going to come down. It's going to be a fascinating draft process. They all are very different. They all offer something that is different, but man, it's going to be an interesting, those are my top three from here on out. So I got to watch. I mean, there's a long way to go. I mean, to me, the bowl season means a lot. If they play knock on wood, you know, you never know what they're playing for, but both the, all three of those young men need to show something the last six, seven weeks right now. Right.
0: Yeah. Those are, those, are, Um. Uh. I like those three right there. I really, I really do. I like those three. And speaking of Malik Willis, we were talking about the game against Owens and I earlier. Malik Willis had a touchdown. Owens had him in the game. He had a touchdown that he should not have had.
1: girls coming to you. Fresh face from
0: home. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> he had a he had a touchdown that he should not have had, Owens. Right. I know you know that because I think it was Joshua Mack got in the end zone and they ruled him down. It was a touchdown. All they had to do was review it. Review, review it. it. And, and Hugh Freeze didn't even bother. The next play, touchdown Malik Willis. Oh, like Oh, my gosh. Made me mad. It made me so mad. <laughs> All right, guys. We're moving right along just fine. This next game. I have it on here because Florida State and, you, uh, and, and North Carolina say, why this game? Because this stat right here baffles me. This stat right here baffles me. Mac Brown has, has has still has yet to beat his alma mater. Crazy. How is it that he cannot beat Florida
2: State? Doesn't make sense because I would say – this year I think North Carolina state North Carolina's more talented but they're okay. young other than Howell. In the past I would also say that in general Florida state has had better talent than Mac Brown. So mm-hmm. you know I I just think and then maybe he gets nervous I don't know I haven't paid enough attention to him. It is kind of baffling cuz I I definitely believe there have been times where he's got the better team he should have won a game or two mm-hmm.
0: that's what i'm bringing it up for i don't know about the past but i thought for sure this year oh yeah bad as florida state has
2: looked yes he gets beat by 10 points i was like no way got to give novella a, a little bit of you know he's keep these guys playing i give them credit they still don't yeah. have a quarterback really you know yeah. they, they're well, not-
0: Jordan Travis has five. He had five total touchdowns over 100 yeah. yards rushing in that game. Five total touchdowns. I don't think he's going to do anything like that every week. But he can yeah. play in this game,
2: though. No, he definitely – hey, look, he was probably his best – I would think that's his highest career total for touchdowns that I, that I know off the top of my head. And he definitely played well in that game. There's no question about that. Yes,
0: absolutely. Guys, Boise State, BYU – this game shocked me. I thought I thought BYU would walk away with this game because okay. Boise has been so inconsistent all year long, and yeah. BYU looked like they were getting better every single week because you know they're they're, they're coming in the uh, into this game, new arrivals to the top ten. They're undefeated. They beat some good teams. They beat Arizona State, right? I mean, Arizona State's looking good right now, and they beat Arizona State. Mm-hmm. They go into this game and Boise. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Boise looked like a different team. I mean, they, again, they've been inconsistent, and they're doing this with mediocre running game. With the with the with the mediocre running game, what do you guys think about this game?
1: I don't see how Boise State. I don't see how they want it. I mean, they they want it on defense. Yes. Um, and and that's that's the key. That was the key in the game because. I know Hall. It was his first game back. He, I mean, he did okay. Um, and Algira, you know, he, he he had an okay game. It wasn't too bad. 19 carries, the 73 yards, and a touchdown. But Boise State won this game on defense, which shocked me because teams were were able, like pre- previous weeks, they were able to run on them. They were able to to move the ball on Boise State defense. And so it has shocked me that this is the way that they won this game. I was expecting BYU to go in and just have their way with Boise State. I, I thought Algier would have over one hundred and two, over hundred yards rushing and two touchdowns. I mean, that's what I thought based on the way based off to Boise State's defense moved. Services from oil changes and tire rotations. Boise State defense?
2: <laughs> the Make commercial it. break was brought to you by <laughs> acid. <What's laughs> so
0: Wait a minute. What's so funny is that he yelled at it stop. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> His ass keep popping up. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what, my friend? I don't know. There was, because this was at that middle time zone. After uh-huh. the Red River rivalry, and then before the late the seven o'clock kickoffs, right? BYU, I thought, played terrible red zone offense. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. Boise's defense came to play, right? But I did also think the play calling by BYU inside the the ten uh-huh. was just atrocious. Right. I mean, the Hall didn't play his best, but I didn't like the way they ran the ball. I didn't like the route combinations. Yeah, I think the Boise defense won in the red zone. I mean, that, uh, to me, that's essentially. And there's two series where the Cougars were just—they got stifled. They got nothing, and that was the game right there, right. especially at home. I mean, they lost and this I game am. on their home turf. That's that's
0: tough, man. They right. Did yes, they did. I was gonna say. I was gonna mention that that this wasn't even on the Smurf turf. This, <laughs> was, this was this was in Provo, so. Right which was much more of a shocker. But, yeah, man, that that was that, that's really what shocked me. And then uh, the last game I want to talk about before we move ahead, Virginia and Louisville. We kind of touched on this game earlier with Dontavian Wicks, but this game right here, man, I knew it would be a shootout. It was good. This was a good game, man, these two quarterbacks going at it. Virginia pulls out this win. Uh, what is it, less than a minute? They go down and and score and leave just a little – just enough time on the clock for Malik Willis to matriculate the ball down the field. As my man Hank Stram would say, matriculate the ball down the field. And and they get in the field goal range. Uh, Granted, it's a pretty long field goal. I think it was a 49-yarder that the kicker missed. But the game overall was a good game. And Rashawn, how about Rashawn Henry stepping in for Dontavian Wicks? How about the day that he had catching the football? Because,
2: yeah, go ahead. ahead, ahead. I was going to say Rashawn Henry and Keontae Thompson. Yes. When Dontavian Wicks – He hurt me on two of my teams. I was like, I hate when you get that little red flag next to the That can't be good. And then you have to click it and you find out that your guy's out. So I wasn't happy about that. But those two, they combined for 18 receptions for over 300 yards. The surprising thing to me is Cunningham only ran the ball six times. Yeah I think that's a little bit Virginia forced him to throw the ball cuz he had been he had scored I think double digit touchdowns or oh, yeah. touchdowns in four five straight games he didn't get in the end zone on the ground and he only had one touchdown in the air so yeah. that Virginia really played decent defense against against him the cardinals did put up 33 points but They did slow Cunningham down, and Armstrong won the game. Another four hundred. I mean, when did when did I miss the memo? Brennan Armstrong's going to be throwing the ball for four hundred yards. Right,
0: We all missed that memo because he all missed that. He's been doing it all year, all year, all year. year. Yes,
2: Yes. yeah. He was supposed to be a runner. He barely running at all.
0: He's not even running at all. You know, he, he threw the ball 60 times, guys. Unbelievable. For 487 unbelievable. yards. 60 times. 60 times. Wow. He has made this guy out of a, you know, he's pretty much an air raid guy now. I mean, 60 yeah. times. Those, I mean, that's that's Mike Leach status right there. Right. He threw the ball 60 times. Come <laughs> it's on. True. on Mendenhall. I thought you were uh grinded out running, you know what I mean? Pound you from smash mouth. And here you are throwing this ball 60 times. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the, and, the, and the run game didn't come anywhere close <laughs> to, 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 to 60 attempts. Nowhere close. But, nope. yeah, Rashawn Henry, uh, Keaton Thompson, the, uh, the former quarterbacks, wearing number 99, which looks very, very awkward <laughs> when you're looking at it, when you're watching the game. It looks very, very weird. But he shows up in that game and it was just I mean it was it was it was a great game. Hassan Hall just comes out of nowhere because Jalen Mitchell has been hurt by John you know mentioned uh, uh, Cunningham's uh, double touchdown games. I think it was five in a row that he has two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, so right. he's just vulturing those touchdowns. <laughs> for I had to drop him. I had him in our league, in our home league. I had to drop him, man. I had to. It was. I mean, he was dead weight. I don't blame you. It's
2: hard right now to keep him.
0: No production whatsoever yeah. because Cunningham is doing so much damage to his potential and value. There's no reason for you to keep him, no reason at all. All right, guys, that's it for our recap. Let's look at the biggest winners for the week real quick. Owens, who's your biggest winner for the week? Uh, We touched on it a little bit earlier. Um, I think it's Caleb Williams and Oklahoma
1: Sooners. The reason why I picked them to be um, my biggest winner this week is it looks like they have found their quarterback. Not only have they found their quarterback, but they found their offense. Uh, And so their offense looked like it looked in previous years um, so I think they um, are one of the biggest winners this week, man. Like I said, man, you know, the offense has been struggling every week, man, week in and week out. Um, and, and that's one of the one the big things um, that the commentators and, and uh, spectators have been saying about Oklahoma is that offense, this is not the same offense we used to seeing. And, and I think they got that and they found that in Caleb Williams this week.
0: Yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. 35 points in the second half. Uh Caleb Williams uh responsible uh in in some type of way for 42 of those points on the board. Of course, he had the long run that that um was a 60-something yarder in the first half in the second quarter, but then he's you know carried that over with 35 more. They right. outscored the Longhorns 35-10 in the second half. So yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. John Lyon man, who's your biggest winner for the week, sir?
2: How can you not like Hendon Hooker of Tennessee?
0: They've embraced
2: Josh Heupel's offense. They've turned the keys over to the Carter, Mr. Hooker there, and he is revving it down the street. I mean, the numbers he has put up the last two weeks. Now, it depends on your scoring, obviously. However, 41 and 43 points from the quarterback position, and the previous two weeks, 25 and 39. So, essentially, in three of the last four weeks, Hendon Hooker scored over 40 points for you. He's only on 23% of rosters. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need a quarterback, go get Hendon Hooker. I mean, Josh Heupel's got this offense steamrolling. I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon.
0: Absolutely not. They've got a great game. We'll look at that in a minute coming up this week. So, yeah, Hendon Hooker, I had him in the game against Owens. Yes, he gave me forty-four. I needed that. <laughs> I needed every bit of that to get that game, guys. I'm going to go with Zach Calzada, man. Um, Jimbo Fisher's getting a lot of questions about this quarterback because he hadn't played particularly well
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. coming into this game. He's getting a lot of questions about him, and Jimbo's. Uh, of course, you want to think that it's just coach speak because he's no Calzada okay. Zach's okay. Zach's a great quarterback. Zach's okay, and he comes into this game in College Station. He's got the greatest college football coach of all time uh, on the other on the on the opposite sideline. He's got the number one team in the country, and the guy doesn't flinch. The guy takes it to him. The guy—I mean—he—he—he he, he gave everything he had in that game and some. I remember when he got hurt, when he got rolled up on a little bit in that game. He goes into the tent. Jimbo Fisher follows him into. <laughs> you, okay? Right? you okay? <laughs> you okay? He wasn't asking. He was telling him. <laughs> yeah, you okay? <laughs> he was not asking, are you okay? He was telling him, son, look me in the eye. You're, yeah. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're <laughs> fine. You're okay. <laughs> Listen, look at me. Trust me. You are okay. <laughs> he followed him into that tent, man. And he came back out of there to finish that game. <laughs> he made sure. You're not hurt today. You could be hurt tomorrow, but (laughs) but you're not going to be hurt today. And he finished the game, man. He drove down the field, tied the ball game up, like like, like John previously stated. The aforementioned Jalen Wademeyer finally shows up. The guy has been on a freaking milk carton all season long. (laughs) Nobody knows where he's at. Nobody knew where he was. He was missing. M-I-A. (laughs) <laughs> but he shows up in this game big time and has some big-time catches in that game. Calzada gets the ball after tying it up. They drive down the field late to get the field goal to knock off the number one team in the country. That's my biggest winner for the week, guys. Zach course- Calzada, quarterback of the A&M Aggies. Christian, what do you think about this statement? Uh, what, in golf? I'm thinking about that now. Uh-oh. That's the saving <laughs> statement. And Saban was asked. Remember when Jimbo Fisher said during the offseason, we're going to kick his you-know-what? Yes. And Saban goes, in what, golf? Uh, Yes. (laughs) And then he says, well, I'm sure there'll come a day. Uh Well, Nikki Saban, that
2: day was (laughs) October 9th, (laughs)
0: 2021, sir.
2: Uh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> that. You just mentioned it.
0: That's a good one. <laughs> yes. Biggest losers for the week, guys. Owens.
1: I think it was Alabama losing. Um, and the reason why I say that, I know they still rank number five at the moment, but the reason why I say that is because when you get, you're trying to make the playoffs, when you get to the uh, SEC championship, you're probably going to face Georgia. And I think you would want to, you would want to face Georgia with, with zero losses. Cause if you, lose to Georgia in that in that championship game, you're gonna get two losses and that's gonna boot you out of the playoffs. So I think them losing, not making it to that SEC championship game undefeated,
0: I think that hurt them big time. Mr. Lobb, what do you think, sir? What do you
2: who's who's your biggest
0: loser for the week?
2: You know, we we kind of talked about it. There's in my opinion, it is clearly Spencer Rattler. That young <laughs> man is going to have a bench seat for a very long time. We are going to test his maturity. Mm-hmm. We are going to test his commitment to be a good teammate. I mean, I wasn't at the game, but the body language from the television looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Now, I again, you don't see everything, but it appeared when they were doing, like, offensive huddles, Rattler wasn't anywhere near Caleb No, Williams, he
0: wasn't. He didn't want any part of it.
2: Didn't want, and that is a shame. You've got to be a man in that spot. You've got to be able to help your teammate because even if you can't help him physically on the field, Rattler has played a lot of football games. He has mentally seen things. He right. did the homework. I would assume the research, you know, the game plan. Right. And for him to act like that and not be happy when they won young man, you need to get your stuff together. To me, I would be barring an injury I would be surprised if we see him in a, a Sooners uniform this year. We'll see what happens in the future. I don't – the future is hard to predict. But Caleb Williams, if you've listened to me this at any point on the podcast, I thought Oklahoma played terrible offensively all year. They right. looked like the Sooners yesterday. Yes. And that's, that's because of Caleb Williams. I mean, right. I, my eyeballs do not deceive me. All I know is when he came on the field, the offense started to work. Yes. I mean, yes. it never worked this whole year right. with Rattler. Right. So I think he's by far the biggest loser.
0: Absolutely. That is correct. Someone was making a joke about why he wasn't out there celebrating and, so you know, um, like you said, providing some type of emotional stability and emotional uh, support to his teammates. He was probably over there thinking about which school he was about to transfer to. <laughs> he, he was thinking about the possibility, you know, uh, the transfer possibilities. But that is absolutely correct, man. You think about his uh, maturity or lack thereof, how other teams are going to take that into consideration, even at the next level. Because, you know, they the coaches look into all of that kind of stuff because their investment is so huge, they're paying a lot of money for you paying a lot of money for your talent, you know, you're monetizing your skill, but at the same time, it's not always about skill because if it was, we'd see so many other players still in the NFL, but they're not there because it's not only about skill. You have to have that mental aspect and that emotional stability to go along with your skill. And it doesn't look like the guy is there in that department yet. So it's not all about talent. And hopefully Mr. Rattler can get that sooner than later for his own, benefit guys that's it for that part we're looking in the week seven preview let's preview real quick before we move into our cff segment week seven preview guys we've got clemson versus syracuse why is this game so intriguing because syracuse is looking good i know they just lost to in a a close game to wake Forest. that was another good game we could have talked about but we didn't we kind of touch on it here now garrett schrader the bearded guy Looks really, really good running the football. He looks a little better throwing it this this past game than he did the previous week. But Clemson is a real defense. They're coming off a bye week. Uh, Of course, they're looking at this thing. Venables is going to make this guy throw this football. But at the same time, Syracuse's defense is not bad. And Clemson's offense is not good. I was gonna say
2: Tony. It don't matter who's on yeah, defense, bro. Yeah. Yeah. This is about the Clemson or lack thereof offense. I mean, it's. I was coming.
0: I was coming down the street, bro. I was yeah. coming a little slow. I was coming. Their offense is not good at all, DJU. Oh my well, gosh! I told Owens earlier this year. I think the issue is last year he looked good in that Notre Dame game because he the, the the weight of the team wasn't on his shoulders. He wasn't the man last year. He knew he would go back to the bench, and it was um, um, uh, why is the guy eluding my uh, the uh, the quarterback from last year? You know, the, <laughs> Lawrence, uh, Tommy Devito, Trevor Lawrence, is Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence, right? Oh,
2: Trevor. Oh, sorry,
0: Clemson. Yes, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Urban Myers guy <laughs> out of Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. It's, this was his team. And right. so he. there was really – I mean, he played a little loose. Now he's the guy. He's the man. He doesn't get to go back to the bench and let someone else have it, let someone else come back in. He, man, I've, I've said this once and I'll say it again. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that he has played bad enough for uh, Dabo – Dabo, let me let me just say this, Dabo. I, I I hope Dabo was watching the OU game. Yes. Because I don't know that Pumachon, I think that's the backup quarterback's name. I don't know that he would be worse than DJU right now. He he's 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 worse. He looks lost. He's guys. DJ DJU looks lost right now. He looks like he doesn't know what he's looking at. Yeah. He looks like, like this this is not what he expected. He looks unprepared. He looks disheveled. He looks rattled. He looks shaken. It's almost like any game he's in, it's too much for him.
1: I don't think the backup will be any better. I don't because when he came in, I think it was last game, um, he didn't look no better. <laughs> I'm just – I was just, it didn't look any it, better, huh? It just didn't look any better. Um, Clemson is in trouble, um, and their defense is not as good as in previous years, so the defense can't save them, and that was that's the difference. Now I think if their defense had been as good as it, as it was in previous years, they probably would be possibly still undefeated, but barely. Um, so but their defense is not like you know Georgia Tech running the ball on them and moving the ball on them and scoring them. Like you, you're thinking, like man, wait a minute, this is Georgia Tech. You know, but, but the, previous, <laughs> previous Clemson defense, the previous Clemson defense, oh, no, they they shut them down. So they're not as good as they're all the way around. They're just not as good as they used to be. So
0: it's not just offense. Their defense is, is suspect as well. So Absolutely. Guys, what do you think about this Auburn-Arkansas game?
2: I, look, what happened to Tank Biz, Bigsby? Can we get a detective? We, <laughs> we, we, we need an ABB on Tank. Because I don't understand what happened to Tank. I was as high on him as anyone from an NFL prospect level, college fantasy football level. I mean, every time I see he's getting out-carried by the backup, there doesn't seem to be any announcements of it. I mean, maybe, again, Tony mentioned it. The coaches never tell us if someone's injured. Something is clearly going on with Tank. I don't know if it's injuries. I don't get it. But please, Tank, I'm begging you. Please come back. We need you because he's nothing like he was.
0: I think there's a rumor that I, I think I, I, I can't remember where I heard it. It was on a podcast somewhere last week that Tank might be dealing with some type of injury. So it's, 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 it's funny that you brought that up because I did hear that. I did hear that. I forgot what
2: podcast it was on. I mean, Tony. He doesn't. Does he look like the same guy? He no,
0: doesn't. Same he, guy. doesn't. Oh. he doesn't. He
2: no. doesn't. But, but they don't tell that. us anything. Right. Maybe it was one of the
0: SEC podcasts I was listening to, but I think that they were saying that there is a rumor that Tank is not a hundred percent. But the to- little freshman is coming in and stealing carries, and he's oh. and he's looking good doing it.
2: Yes. I mean, but Tank was going to be a, a first round pick, possibly. I mean, good.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: I'm shocked. I mean, because Bo Nix isn't the answer. No. Auburn, Auburn's not going to win nothing with Bo Nix.
1: No.
2: Um, are receiver. Hey, another guy. What happened to Elijah Cannon? I mean, he's got like so four catches all year, Elijah. I need you, brother. <laughs> what happened to Elijah? Where are you at, Elijah? Where you at? <laughs> where are you?
0: Hey, hey, listen, Elijah's on a milk carton right now. So that's where Elijah is. They got, got his picture hanging up on trees and stuff. Yes, have you seen this guy? Have you seen? Him?
2: Have you seen him? the old coaching staff would like to have
0: him. If you uh, listen, if you if you have any information about his whereabouts, call <laughs> oh, this number. Please call this number. Let us know. OSU versus Texas. Texas gets another Oklahoma team, a good one. Oklahoma uh, state has been pretty consistent this year. They've played some good defense. They played Boise State well. They uh pretty much uh played Baylor well, shut K State down. Uh they get Texas. Texas is what will Texas look like emotionally? What will their psyche be like after such a uh Ooh. emotional game? And a bad loss. And Oklahoma State coming off a bye week. They I weren't able to they, they weren't able to stop Kennedy Brooks. In comes Jalen Warren, mm-hmm. who's gonna get the ball 35 times. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I actually think that might be Sharks' most important job this week. I don't think X's and O's really matter. You can turn the ball and hand off to Bejan Robinson. Hey, Bijan left, Bijan right. I think you got to get this team mentally ready to play, and especially on defense. Like those those young men can't quit because it does look like a collapse. But if we want to achieve our goals, we still got to keep playing. So I think it's more can he keep them focused and in a position to succeed more than anything this week. I really think that's the key to. To what's going to happen with that Texas Longhorns team?
0: I agree, Absolutely, a perfect- this would be a perf- the the perfect spot to to build that mentality in right here. This yes. would be the perfect spot. What's what you think? I agree
1: because you know for 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 years this Oklahoma State and Texas game has been building heat and it's he been it's been building up every year. Um, you, you've seen some upsets from Oklahoma State, you know, years back. You know, you, you know, you, they had, they've had good games, you know what I'm saying, real close games. And so this game um, right here could have been a trap game had Texas won yesterday, Oklahoma State. This is just a bad spot to me for, for Texas to play Oklahoma State regardless because the way you lost yesterday, and like Lob said, your mentality coming into this game, Oklahoma State don't care about your mentality. Oklahoma State okay. They ain't on, my, on they mind. They They're ready to take it to you. So um, it was going to be a good game already, I think. Um, and so if they're not ready mentally, I think Oklahoma State gonna just going to roll over them because they do have a good, strong running game and uh so-so passing game. But I think Oklahoma State got a good enough defense to kind of, you know, be in the game, keep them in the game or whatever. But this is just a bad spot, a bad game for Texas, I think, to face Oklahoma State right after OU and the way that they lost. So... Um, it's
0: going to be interesting to see what happens. Absolutely, guys. This game right here, I'm looking forward to it. Kentucky, Georgia. Uh-huh. Kentucky uh-huh. is undefeated. Yes. They just thumped LSU. Of course, Georgia, they're the freaking world beaters right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've handed them the trophy Yeah, like three weeks in a row. Yes. <laughs> so, listen, this game. Because both of these teams are defense first. Yes. The defense first. Of course, you got the running game is the focal point of the offense on both sides.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Georgia mixing it up a bit with about four or five backs. But you got my man C-Rod on the other side, Chris Rodriguez. Man, this is going to be a good game, man. The Wildcats and the Bulldogs, guys, what you think?
2: Uh, this is a uh, snot knocker mm-hmm. anti fantasy. If you got yes, if you if you yes. have Kentucky players, say, Gentlemen, you are seating the bench this week. Yes. Yes. Rodriguez, yes. He might not get 50 yards, and I got another guy, I'm putting his buttocks on the seat too this week Boy, you are so in right. our next segment because it ain't going to be pretty. And I like Kentucky, they play good, their defense is good. They play for their coach,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but this is not the spot. This is not the spot for the Wildcats.
0: <laughs> Come have a seat by coach. Absolutely. Almost what you think. I agree with Lon. This is not where you want to look at for any type of fantasy value oh. at all. I think um, this this game is for the the, the college football fans. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those.
1: Yeah, you know, th- listen, this it's gonna be a defensive game. I think Georgia is gonna shut Rodriguez down. I do. I think they just they just too good, man. Them boys is like I said last podcast. They just they dogs and they some real dogs. They like some real dogs, and so they they look hungry. I think they shut. Rodriguez and them boys down, man. I think they win the game. I think they got more offense than Kentucky do. So I think they win this game, man. It'll probably be like seventeen to zero or something like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about like, right. Yeah, I do. I think they Georgia's just—they just too good, man. They just—they just. just too yeah, good. it's
0: it's going to be hard because, of course, all day you guys know this, John. You've been doing this just as long as us, as far as college fantasy football. Sometimes it's hard to turn off that fantasy switch and in, and just enjoy the game. Sometimes it's hard right. to do that. Oh, so yeah. This is one of those games where they're going to make you do that. They're going to make you turn that fantasy switch off because, yes. I mean, you're going to have nothing to get nothing. excited about as far as fantasy. Nothing. So they're going to make you go into the game with the switch off. I'm just going to enjoy this I'm game gonna enjoy this. because it's going to be a good game. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of game. But this other game, give it uh-oh. all, uh-oh. Mississippi. And Tennessee, give it to me, baby. It's gonna
1: look just like Mississippi, Arkansas. <laughs> I was going say we another
2: hundred points. Yeah, the defenses
1: I mean... Gonna stay home, they're gonna stay in a bed. The defenses is gonna sleep in, they're gonna hit the snooze button about 10 times. They're not
0: showing up in this game. So I don't want got... them to show up. I you wanna see anybody. I wanna see the scoreboard <laughs> light up. Oh, give me everybody in this <laughs> game. Everybody in this game. Put them in the game.
1: Put them in the end. All your wide receivers, all your running backs, your quarterback, put them in this game. It's going to be over 100-point you know, score combined. I'm telling you,
2: over about 1,000 yards of total offense combined. Listen, you put them in the game. <laughs> hey, if, if there's a offensive tackle who lines up and tight end, I'll put him in. <laughs> he might he might get a goal line touchdown. Like, put he him might in. get a catch,
0: yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You got to put everybody in, in, in this game. Offensive explosion, both of these head coaches are all about pushing that ball down the field, and that's what they're thinking because they know the other guy's trying to get a leg up. I I, I guarantee you right now, these defensive coordinators are sleepless. (laughs) They will get no sleep this week because they already know that this is going to be an offensive game. They know They already know. And so I I guarantee you they're probably preaching, let's just get a stop. (laughs) Let's just get a stop. If we can just get
2: one stop, we'll be good. Let's just get one stop. Tony, you really, all the defensive coach wants, one stop, one turnover. We might win the game.
0: (laughs) And that's all you might need is one Seriously. One turnover. That's all you might need to, to, to win this game. All right, guys. Let's get to our CFF segment, guys. We had eight quarterbacks last week throw for over four hundred yards. That's what we're
2: talking about. That's
0: what we're talking about. You <laughs> had yeah. one guy. You had one guy say that ain't enough. I want to go for over five hundred yards. <laughs> Lady zappy has been lighting it oh, up God. all year. Oh long. yeah, oh. man. If you've got this guy, you are a grin. I mean, you, you're you sleep with a grin on your face. I promise you, you got yeah. eight guys again over 400 yards passing, three running backs over 200 yards rushing, five wide receivers guys over 200 yards receiving, CFF gold all over the place. Yes, all of these guys looking good. What do you think about these guys? If Maybe they're on, home.
2: if they're on your waiver wire, you got to go out and get them. I mean, there's no question. Let me just look here. I want to click on a button. Um, Do we have – let me go. I hate weak here. Get all the players. Let's see. If I look quickly. Oh, yeah, Xavier Worthy, only 29% of leagues. Jalen Naylor. How about Jalen Naylor? Look at what Michigan State has done. He He had 221 yards. Oh, my God. I mean, that's that's just unbelievable. So there's some wide receivers there. You can definitely start. And then let's see, who do we have for the rushing here? Let me hit the yards button. Walker, we knew. Tyler Batty, we knew. Oh, Kennedy Brooks. He's on 68% of rosters, but you never know. You might be able to grab him. And let me see who's the quarterbacks here, passing yards. Zappy's the man, but he's on. He's ninety five percent owned. Oh my God, Max Mort is only owned on two percent of leagues. My God,
0: Morton Slogger is Morton That's it, Morton
2: <laughs> And then Seth Henigan, he's been playing well that freshman for Memphis. He threw yes. for four hundred and sixty three yards yesterday.
0: Yes. Yes, and I loved it, because 200 of it went to Calvin Austin. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I needed every bit of it. <laughs> I needed every bit uh, of it. Uh, guys, let's get in time, start and sit segment of the show. Guys that were starting, guys that were sitting, one quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Owens, lead us off. Who you starting this week? This week at quarterback, I'm going to start. Brennan
1: Armstrong versus Duke. Armstrong has been lighting it up, and Duke can't stop nobody. Nobody. Duke can't stop nobody. Listen to me. Duke cannot stop anybody, and Armstrong is that offense. (laughs) Armstrong is the total Virginia offense, and he's going to tear
0: Duke up. Absolutely. Mr. John Love, who you got, sir?
2: I'm going with the hot hand. I am very impressed with him. K.J. Jefferson versus Auburn. We've been talking about K.J. Jefferson tonight. I just think he's in a perfect spot here to smash. I know it's Auburn. People might be afraid. But I believe that K.J. Jefferson, other than Georgia, is matchup proof. Go ahead and start Jefferson this week.
0: I like that one, man. I like that one. I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker. We just... Mention this, this uh, offensive explosion that is to be Mm -hmm. between Ole Miss and Tennessee. Of course you know that um, Matt Corral is startable. That's given right there. But Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker is only 23% on. I don't know how that is. 23% on right here on Sunday night the 10th. Hopefully that goes up through the roof after you the waiver wires go through, but you got to go out and get Hendon Hooker, and I think you got to put him in the game here. He's going to have to keep up with Matt Corral in the Ole Miss offense, and Josh Heupel is very capable of game scripting some plays to get the ball in the right hands and put some points on the board. I'm going to start Hendon Hooker this week.
1: I like it. I like it, man. The running back that I'm going to start this week, um, I'm going to go with Devin A. Chain. Texas A&M versus Missouri. Now, I know everybody's going to start Spiller. That's a given. Um, Missouri has the worst rush defense in the entire country, giving up over 300 yards of rushing per game. So, horrendous. if you don't have Spiller and you have A-Chain, put A-Chain in the game, A-Chain's still going to go over 150 yards. <laughs> and man, a couple of touchdowns. And the third stream probably gonna get in. Third stream running back, probably gonna get in. He probably go over 100 yards. It's ridiculous how bad the Missouri run defense is. Feel I, really confident to start them H eight if you have them against Missouri this week.
2: That's
0: fine. Excellent, Mr. Lob. I'm
2: gonna I'm going to go to Texas Tech after they've lost Tyler Shook. They kind of changed this offense a little bit. If you haven't noticed, Sir Roderick Thompson has scored 18 and 39 fantasy points the last two weeks. Gentlemen, he has 166 yards rushing and five touchdowns and three receptions. And Texas Tech plays Kansas this week. He's only on 24% of rosters. I'm going to put Thompson in. He's hot. He's, he's a legitimate back. He gets injured, but he's healthy for now, so I'm going to ride him while he's healthy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had an excellent game last week, no doubt about that, and I am going to put him in in our home league because I have him on our roster. I can't wait to put him in. Guys, I'm going to go with Charles Williams. This guy gets the ball, hadn't looked good in every single game, but they do feed him the ball. The guy has 94 carries in five games, so the guy is getting the football. Again, doesn't have the best game in every game. I think they've played some stiff competition, uh, has UNLV. They played Arizona State. They played Iowa State. He didn't look good in those games. Didn't really look good against UTSA. UTSA can be a little stingy at times, depending on the style of offense that they're playing. But Charles Williams is only 37% owned, and he's playing Utah State. Utah State, I believe, has given up about 204 rushing yards per game. I've got to go with Charles Williams here in this particular matchup. Utah State does not like to play rushing defense. And so you <laughs> let your running back going against teams that don't like to play rushing defense. And so Utah State is one of those teams. I am starting Charles Williams in this game. Man, good pick, good pick.
1: The wide receiver that I'm going to start this week is Josh Downs from North Carolina versus Miami. Josh Downs has no less than eight catches in every game this year. Unbelievable! I'm, uh, coming into the year, um, there was a we had speculations that he was going to be the man, um, but wasn't for sure, and it looks like. He's the man. He's the real uh, deal. He's the real deal. And so um feel confident, man. Feel free. I mean, feel feel safe and confident to plug and play Josh Downs this week versus Miami. I think he's going to continue to uh get that ball, man, and 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 be a, a wonderful fantasy uh value to your team. So start him this week.
2: When I I've been scouting Malik willis over the last month Mm -hmm. and as i'm watching this liberty offense there's a freshman named demario douglas that just kept popping he has scored double digit points in all five games this year i had him on my sleeper on my twitter feed this week he exploded for six receptions 156 yards and a touchdown Back-to-back weeks with over 128 yards receiving. He's attached to Malik Willis, ladies and gentlemen. Malik Willis is going to throw touchdown passes. They're now playing University of Louisiana Monroe. Hello. They don't like to play pass or run defense on that side of the ball. Douglas is only on 12% of teams. I'll take a wide receiver with Malik Willis any day of the week here.
0: That's a good pick. That's a good pick. The guy was showing up in the previous game. Good pick. I'm going to go with Vayles Jones of the Tennessee Volunteers. Again, I'm, I'm 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 in this old miss game, guys. I'm in this game. I'm going to say in this game, Valis Jones, the number one target for my man, Hendon Hooker. The guy's coming off a good game against, I believe a better defense. South Carolina, I believe has a better defense than Ole Miss. Six catches, 103 yards and a touchdown, right? He even had a carry for 15 yards. So they're finding different ways to get the ball in his hands. The guy is getting, he's healthy now. He has gradually, been progressing to full health on the season. You see that in the progression of his stats all year long. Listen, I'm going to start Bayless Jones, the USC transfer in this Josh Heupel offense. He's the only guy that has shown up. Josh Heupel has no problem with finding the guy in the receiving game and feeding him. I believe this is the guy that is that will continue to get fed, in this offense, you want to have the number one wide receiver in a Josh Hypo offense. I got to start Bayless Jones here. Trey McBride versus
1: New Mexico. Everybody know New Mexico State. Uh, Trey McBride has been lighting it up. He's <laughs> been consistent since day one. Uh, one, of the, one of the top tight ends in the country. Um, and that's, that's, that's just enough saying one of the top tight in the country. New Mexico stinks. start him and play him. He's going to hook you up.
2: All right. I'm going to go. He might've disappointed you last week. Jordan Myers, who's now actually the running back at Rice. But if you go back two weeks ago, he scored 48 points against Texas Southern. Why do I like him this week? He's against UTSA. The Roadrunners are going to score a boatload of points. Jordan Myers qualifies at tight end, but he plays running back. I like him a lot in this shootout against UTSA. Place Jordan Myers in your lineup. Don't give up on him after one bad week.
0: All right. Jordan Myers, tight end playing running back. Good deal. I'm going to go with. Zach Koontz, tight end for Old Dominion versus Western Kentucky. The, the Daryl Mack, the quarterback for Old Dominion, is not your typical pocket passer. And what you'll find with these dual-threat quarterbacks, they get comfortable with the guys that are closest to them. The tight end position is a safety blanket for such guys. Zach Koontz has had great games here Lately, didn't particularly show up, thank goodness, because Owens had him in the game. I got to continue to revisit that because I just love it. But Owens had him in the game. So he didn't particularly play well in this game against Marshall. But they're going to need him in this game against Western Kentucky. This game against Marshall was very, very slow. 20 to 13 was the final score. Very, very slow. Marshall – Uh, I don't know what they were doing in that game. They typically want to throw the ball up and down the field and run up and down the field with their new coach, Charles Huff. They didn't do that in this game. Western Kentucky will. That's their offense. They will drive this ball up and down the field. And so Old Dominion is going to need to keep up, at least stay close. I think Zach Koontz is a consistent part of this offense in this game because I think Daryl Mack is comfortable throwing this guy to the ball. Again, he's in that vicinity where those passes are easier for Mack Jr. So I think you got to get Koontz in the game. Zach Koontz, starting Zach Koontz from Old Dominion versus Western Kentucky. Guys, we've come to the sits. The guys, we're going to sit down next to Coach, come warm this bench. I don't want you in this game. I don't think you're going to produce in this game. Sure, you're a great guy. You're an outstanding young man. You are an absolute talent. But in this game, I've got to sit you in this game because of the matchup. Owens, who are you sitting at the quarterback position? Oh, man, this guy lit it up last week. Will Lewis from
1: Kentucky. Last week versus LSU. Levis will Levis. Levis, I'm sorry, my bad. Thank you for correcting me. Levis. Uh 14 for 17, 145 yards and three touchdowns. He also had 11 carries for 75 yards and two touchdowns to LSU up. But he's facing a new beast this week. One of uh, the most dominant defenses you want to ever you want to see in college football um and that's Georgia. <laughs> Georgia feels stuck with is your
2: finances. To... <coughs> <Georgia. laughs> interruption. This is brought to you by Georgia.
1: Oh, oh my goodness. They will
0: interrupt some stuff.
1: <laughs> Georgia. Georgia is going to shut Will Levis down this week. He will not have five Russian <laughs> touchdowns like he did, or five total touchdowns like he did last week. He might not even have a touchdown. <laughs> This week, so I am going to sit Will Levis this week versus Georgia.
2: All right. We mentioned it earlier. I'm very worried about Garrett Schrader versus Clemson. <laughs> Clemson's offense is bad, but their defense is still hitting people and hurting people. Syracuse is a little bit one-dimensional. They got Tucker, the running back, and Schrader, and they want to run the ball. It's hard to run the ball when you're one-dimensional against elite athletes on defense and a good defensive coordinator clemson i think are going to take schrader out of this game you're going to see a little bit of rough stuff here i'm putting schrader on the bench even though he's played great i don't like this matchup against the tigers
0: i like that pick because of the one dimensionality of schrader no doubt about it i'm gonna go with dtr against the washington huskies DTR hadn't been particularly great for most of the year. He's had some great games against Fresno and Stanford. Uh, He was okay against LSU, okay against Arizona State, kind of mediocre last game. Washington's coming off the bye week. I believe that Washington comes in this game with the mindset of giving DTR all that he wants and some. So for that, I've got to sit my man DTR against the Washington Huskies. I like it. Uh, The running
1: back that I'm going to sit this week is Ronnie Rivers versus Wyoming. And listen, man, Rivers has been inconsistent, I would say. Um, Not the Rivers of last year. He tore it up last year. And I think it has a lot to do with Hayner. They throw the ball a lot. Um Rivers is not catching as many balls as he did last last year. I mean he he's still he's still involved in the passing game, but it's not as as involved as last year because Copper <laughs> is a big part of that offense and, and 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 his handers, the main target. So, um running the ball, he's not running the, running the ball as much. He's not getting as many carries as he did last year as, as well. Um and Wyoming is known to have a pretty decent run defense. Not as good as as previous years, but I still don't like this matchup with with Rivers not getting the ball as uh, as as much as he once did and not as involved in the passing game. So I'm 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 sitting on Rivers this week.
2: Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Sorry. We mentioned it earlier. I don't know where Tank Bigsby is. I don't know what's happening, if it's injury or what it is, but I'm telling you this: he isn't getting into my lineup against Arkansas. (laughs) I I need to see uh, 80 yards rushing, one or two touchdowns on the ground, and feel like he's the back that I believed he is. I haven't seen it. I'm putting him on the bench this week.
0: Good one, good one. Taking Bixby, Bixby has been missing. This guy's going to go missing in this game, and this guy's been incredible this year. My man C-Rod, the Kentucky Wildcats. Chris Rodriguez is going up against the number one defense in the nation. They have passed the eye test and every other test you want to give them. The Georgia Bulldogs is no joke. The Georgia Bulldogs is no joke on defense. I think Chris Rodriguez, uh, they're going to make Will Levis struggle, and I think that the the trickle-down effect is Chris Rodriguez, and I think they key on him. From start to finish. And and as as a result of that, they shut my man C-Rod down. Yes. All the way down. If you've got Chris Rodriguez, this is not the week to be bold and say, I've got to go with my guys. No. (laughs) No. You've got to sit this guy this week if you want to win this game because it could be the result in a loss if you end up wanting to play this guy anyways. I'm sitting Chris Rodriguez against the Georgia Bulldogs. Nice.
1: Um, the wide receiver that I'm going to sit this week is David Bell versus Iowa. Now, Iowa, there's another good defense. We talk about Georgia, but Iowa's defense is is really, really, really good. For them to shut down one of the top, if not the top, wide receiver last year in Dotson, Dotson is a really, 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 really good talent. And he has been consistent up until last week when they faced Iowa. And they got shut, they shut him down. Um, David Bale is, is the man on the team. Um, really, really, really good talent. But I think I see I see Iowa doing the same thing to David Bell that they did to Dotson. Um, so I am not trusting this I'm not trusting this matchup man I just don't like it I'm sitting David Bell versus Iowa
2: I love that decision because two weeks ago when Arkansas played Georgia I set Traylon Burks yes. I just could not take the risk he's a star he's a stud but yes. man I wasn't going to play him against those Bulldogs Who knew? And, and this week there is no way I'm playing Wendell Robinson <laughs> against Georgia As you know, right now, they already got a bulletin board item up in that Georgia defensive room, and it says, stop Mr. Robinson. Uh They are not going to let this man get off the line of scrimmage. They're going to hit and wrap, put Robinson on the bench. Love him this year. He's been great, but this is not the spot to play him.
0: Good deal. No one deal. No McCott Polk either. Alabama coming off a loss. This is a bad spot for uh, Mike Leach and his Mississippi State air raid offense. Bad spot. Bad spot. Nick Saban's coming off of a loss against a guy who was talking trash to him. (laughs) Off season. Again, not a good spot. I mean, McCott Polk lit it up the last time he was on the field. I know Mississippi State's coming off a bye week, but again, Alabama's coming in mad. They're not undefeated anymore. They're not they're happy. Saving. They're not happy. They're not happy campers, man. Somebody so, got to pay for it. Somebody will pay for what <laughs> Texas
2: A&M did. Well, you know that there's no dessert and no cream cheese in the cafeteria for the football. They're eating plain bagels and, they're, and they're, they got no sugar. Nick Saban's, got, Nick Saban's got all of that out. That's out. Clear out the cafeteria. He's
0: going to make sure they feel what he feels. And as a result, they're going to make Mississippi State feel what they feel. Absolutely. Listen, they're going to go in this game, I believe, and shut Mississippi State down. Yes. Makai Polk, I know he's been he's been looking good these last three outings. Not this week, guys. Bad spot for Makai Polk and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mad saving, mad (laughs) Alabama defense, bad recipe. You gotta sit Makai Polk down this week against the Crimson Tide. (laughs) Like it. (laughs) The tight
1: end that I'm gonna sit this week is Derek DC Jr. versus San Diego state listen this is this is a really good tight end really good tight end has some had some big games this year um but he has not seen a defense like San Diego states Them boys can play some Them boys can play some ball on that side of the of, the, of, the, of, of that um that side of the ball man um pretty consistent um did a, did a number on Utah this year. Um, so, Derek D.C., man, you're not going to uh, look good <laughs> this year, this week, man, versus San Diego State. So I'm sitting here.
2: <laughs> I like it. I like it. And you mentioned David Bell. Uh-huh. I'm going to sit his teammate. Now, he may or may – I think he's going to play, but it doesn't matter in my book. Payne Durham versus Iowa. I'm just not taking the risk of playing any wide receiver, tight end, or running back for that matter, against the Hawkeyes. I don't think Purdue can handle the Hawkeyes defense. So put Payne Durham on your bench, everyone.
0: Sit Payne Durham. Very clear. And with Payne Durham, you got to sit Brock Bowers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You got to sit Brock Bowers against Kentucky. Listen, Georgia can play some defense, and so can Kentucky. Brock Bowers—he showed he—he he reappeared in this last game after disappearing against Arkansas. I think he take another—he'll—he'll he'll take another week off this week. He's gonna disappear again against Kentucky. So, all you Brock Bowers lovers, <laughs> you may want to sit this guy against Kentucky this week, then find you another option. Guys, that is it for our start, sit segment. We have come to the fan favorite, the I Wish segment. This is a chance, guys, for you to blow off some steam. Look at Owens. He is grinning from ear to ear. (laughs) He can't wait because last week we brought the I Wish segment back for the first time this year, and he was sick. But this week, look at him rocking back in his chair. He can't wait. I don't even know what my I wish is. Let me just reveal that to the (laughs) audience and be transparent. I'll think of something, but my man Owens is ready. Our special guest, the OG, John Lobb, is ready. You guys ready?
1: Absolutely. Let's Let's do it. Let's do it. I wish, I wish players, not kind of expressing football. Please show me your football. And what I mean is you can't be up this week and then next week be right back now. You can't put two weeks put together and then disappear third and fourth week. Listen, let me tell you something, that coon, Hold to minute. You gotta be beat. And this is, this is why. This is what I'm talking about. They say you man on the team, you're leading receivers. You know, that boy catches, catches, and catches. You no, I'm looking at left. I you gonna have three catches for 23 yards. And I get open. It, but then who are you? Like, Tell me who you are. Are you gonna be consistent? Are you the leading receiver? Are you. I'm going to put up a facade and just say, uh, 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 maybe I am. I don't show me who you really are. Kyle Phillips, you were supposed to be the man over at the Arizona, at uh, 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 UCLA. You know, seven catches, five catches, six catches last three games. i up your number. You come out with two catches for 17 yards. Here's Arizona. Show me who you really are. I need to see your true colors so I can know that I can put you in a game and trust my play. I need to see your true colors shining through. Tell me who
2: you really are. <laughs> Mr. Della, what do you wish, sir? I wish Michigan could get a real quarterback. I mean, how can the Wolverine win? on Tanner Mordecai, Bailey Zappi, Jake Hayner, all these young men who come through the transform portal. They are lighting up the college fantasy football universe. And every week I got to watch Kate McNamara and JJ McCarthy (laughs) miss wide open wide receivers. I can't take it. I can't take it. Hey, Michigan, I wish. There's a thing called the transform portal. Get it. Look at the name. Bring in a quarterback who can run this offense. We've got everything. A run game, a defense. We have some talent at wide receiver. Get a quarterback. That's all I want, folks. That's my wish.
0: That is his wish. And here's my wish. Wake force. Dave Clawson, you've got one of the best wide receivers in the game, in Jacoy Roberson. You're an the offensive mind that we CFFers love. Why can't you get Roberson in the end zone? The guy is on a four game touchdown drought. He's dry. His mouth is dry right now. Cotton mouth. My mouth. A man has cotton mouth. Can you wet his whistle? One touchdown, just one. Not two, not three, one. Just wet his whistle just a little bit. A four game draft. The guy's last touchdown came against Newport State in the first game of the season. Again, last game, nine catches, 135 yards. Out of nine catches, no touchdowns? The game before that? 6 catches for 135 yards. No touchdowns. 6 catches. Are you serious? 15 catches over the past couple of years. I'm not, not years. here couple of games. No touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. That's what I wish, guys. I just let the music play out cuz I don't need the music. I don't I don't I don't need the music to to voice my concern with you Dave Clausen. Get that man in the end zone. Get Ja'Coy Robeson in the end zone, guys. You know who I'm proud of? I'm proud of DJU for
1: showing me his true colors. Proud of him. Why you. Why are you?
0: Listen, are you going to drop him? That's yet to be seen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, he on that bench. When he's not getting the game. He's staying on that bench. He's staying right there.
0: You so, but, but,
1: but I, know, I know to keep him
0: there because he showed me who he is. Thank he you. He showed you enough <laughs> to drop him. He <laughs> showed you. All right, guys, we're on our last segment. Players to Stash. We're not going to do trash because we don't need to. You guys have seen enough. You know who you don't want. But Players to Stash, hopefully we can help you out a little bit and encourage you to go pick up some guys maybe you needed a second opinion on. Sometimes I know that helps. You're looking at a guy, and someone comes along and say, "Yeah, I'm looking at that guy too," and it just helps you pull the trigger, kind of pushes you over the ledge. So that's where we are with it right now, right here, right now. Players to stash. Owens, who are you stashing, man? man?
1: What
0: quarterback are you stashing? Seth Henigan from Memphis, man. He is
1: only—I can't believe he is still only 28% owned. It's unbelievable. I, I mean, the the the, the guy has been lighting it up, um, ever since they named him the starter, pretty much. Um, you know, a couple couple of bad weeks here and there, week two and three or whatever. I mean, it was okay, but I mean, outside of that, it's just been fantasy gold with this guy, man. I just can't, I just can't believe that we are uh, what's going on week seven now, and he's still only twenty. Y'all haven't been, y'all haven't watched Memphis football. I mean to know to pick this guy up. I mean, I mean, all they do is score points, man. They just score points and like the they score boards. stay lit up. I mean, and he's a big part of it. And so I just can't believe he's still only twenty eight percent on. What is the problem? Go out,
0: hit your waiver wire, and pick up Seth Hennigan, please. Pick him up, guys. He's begging. He said, please.
2: <laughs> and- <laughs> My pick up this week that I'm begging you to pick up. If you <laughs> haven't noticed, Tanner McKee of the Stanford Cardinal is playing good football. Yes, he, he, he played a very hard Arizona State's good folks. They're very good on defense. They're probably the I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. Um, they can run the football. Their offensive line. They got an NFL quarterback. Their defense is strong. Herm Edwards has a great coaching staff there. So McGee threw for 356 yards against the Sun Devils. The only problem, he has three picks. But if you look in the previous four games, he had zero interceptions and 10 touchdowns in the previous four games. He's been playing very good football. Fantasy points, 30, 29, 36, 31, and then 17 against Arizona. Hey, Tanner McKee, you could do a lot worse than him down the stretch here. And this week he has that very soft Washington State Cougars defense. I like Tanner McGee.
0: I like it. Absolutely. That's a good pick. Who, who would have ever thought that someone would be encouraging you to pick up a Stanford corner? <laughs> right.
2: Not since I'm Andrew Luck. Right? Yeah, like not that.
0: since Andrew Luck. Not a not a Stanford running back or maybe even a Stanford tight end, but a Stanford quarterback. quarterback. The guy is throwing it all over the football field. I yeah. was going to pick Sam Hartman, but then I got to looking through this, and Gary Bohannon pops up. Yes. Has only 18% on. Yeah. The
2: yeah.
0: guy just lit up a good West Virginia defense. Yes. Lit them up for five total touchdowns. No turnovers. The guy has 11 passing touchdowns, zero picks on the year. Mm -hmm. Six rushing touchdowns. Okay, get that. Get that, guys, through six games. 11 passing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns, 17 total, over 1,300 passing yards, 66% of his passes, plays in the Big 12, I know the defenses look a little bit better this year, but this is a good quarterback, guys. Only 18% on. You've got to get this guy on your roster. I'm stashing Gary Bohannon if I can. I like it. I like it. I like it.
1: Um, The, one, uh, the running back that I'm going to stash this week is Pat Garro, the third from Boston College. Um, Boston College coming into the season – were a pass-first offense with Field with Jer- Djokovic. Jer- um, and ever since he went out with an injury and he's done for a season, it seemed like they wants to go back to what we used to see, a more run type of offense. Um, and, and Pat Gar- Garo um, has stepped into that role and he has been doing pretty, pretty good um, on the ground um uh after since like I said after, since uh, Jacobic had went down with the injury so um i'm I think he's he's is he a, I think he's a sophomore I believe um and so yeah this is yeah he's a sophomore um I like Garrow the third so, so I'm going to pick him up and stash him.
0: All right, Mr John Love
2: I'm gonna go Brad Roberts out of Air Force. And I'm not usually a guy sitting here to tell you to pick up um, triple option offense running backs. But here's the workload for Brad Roberts in the last five games. 29, 21, 13, 29, and 33 carries. Brad Roberts has gone over 113 yards rushing three of the last four games and he has scored six touchdowns in the last five games. The numbers are silly. As long as the Air Force is going to feed him, I like him. He's only on 38% of the teams. Hey, you could do much worse in the flex position than Brad Roberts of the um, Air Force.
0: That's excellent. Brad Roberts does get that ball. He gets that ball. He gets oh that God. ball, man. You know you're gonna have the opportunities with him. If nothing else, <laughs> they're uh, 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 they're putting that ball in his belly. If nothing else, so that's a that's a, that's a very very good one. That's a very very good one by you, also. Oh, it's a very very good one by you. Listen, guys, I'm gonna go with Ronald Awat. I think that's how you say his name. Running back for UTEP. All you De- uh, Deion Hankins owners, if you have not handcuffed this guy, you've got to handcuff this guy. Neon Hankins has been dealing with an injury all year long, and this Ronald Awat in his place has lit it up when he has had the opportunity. He just played Southern Miss. Southern Miss, the nasty bunch. had a, I mean, they had a decent rushing defense. They were giving up 121. Oh, they are now currently giving up 121 only 121 rushing yards per game. This guy had 18 carries for 159 yards and a touchdown against them. He gets Louisiana Tech, and, and you know, he's gotten. listen, he's got North Texas in week 11, first week of the playoffs in some leagues. Some leagues, that's the last week of the season. He's going to light them up in that week if Deion Hankins is still dealing with injury. So if you don't have Deion Hankins, you still want to consider stashing this guy – Because when he gets the opportunity, the guy looks good. So I'm stashing Ronald a Watt, running back for UTEP. You're muted, Owens. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I I have
1: uh, I have Hankins, man. Yeah, he's been he's been dealing injury all season, Um, but that's a good pick. Um. The wide receiver, man, that I'm going to stash is uh, Vilas Jones. You touched on it earlier. He seemed like he's a hooker's guy, you know, out there, Tennessee, man. And, dude, the guy's putting up some consistent. You're talking about consistency. This guy is consistent as far as fantasy value goes. And um, he is only 7%. Listen, (laughs) 7% owned. Do y'all? I keep I keep asking the same question. Do y'all not watch ah. Tennessee? <laughs> do y'all not watch? Do y'all not like hypo offenses? Like, come on! Like, I mean, Tennessee has been lighting that scoreboard up, and this guy is a part of it. To be only seven percent owned is baffling. Go out and pick up Valis Jones from Tennessee.
2: And my wide receiver to Stash, he had a great 2019. Then with COVID and and challenges, he didn't play. But if you've been watching Appalachian State in this passing game with Corey Sutton, Corey Sutton has scored over 13 points in the last five weeks. The last two weeks, 20 and 28 points. Three consecutive games over 100 yards receiving. What are you doing? Appalachian State's going to throw the football. They basically throw it to two wide receivers, Sutton and Hennigan. That's it. They don't spread the ball around. That they get into it to Hennigan and Sutton. I mean, I, hey, he's a great stash wide receiver for late in the season, everyone.
0: Absolutely. Hennigan and Sutton, Sutton, that's all they think about. <laughs> that's all they have. Man, I'm stashing Dante Cephas, sophomore wide receiver from Kent State. He's only 3% on. Coming into the season, we were all looking at Sean Polk. Some guys were were transitioning from Polk to Nikeem Johnson, the Syracuse transfer. But Dante Cephas looks like he is the guy to have in this offense against Buffalo his past game. 13 catches, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. They really hadn't had the chance to open up their offense because of their non-conference schedule. They had VMI, Virginia Military, in the first week. You're not going to do a whole lot against them. They had Iowa. Nobody's doing anything against Iowa. They had Maryland. He had 10 catches, 151 yards, and a touchdown against Maryland. They had Bowling Green. Bowling Green is a sneaky play. They look a lot better on defense than the Bowling Green of the past. Although they did get drummed this past week, I believe by Akron, which was very, very shocking to me. Very shocking to me. They got thumped by Akron. I mean, when is the last time you heard that Akron's thumping somebody? Ah, right. wild, brother.
2: <laughs> but right.
0: They thumped Bowling Green. They gave Bowling Green all they wanted and some. <laughs> he had six catches for 64 yards in that game. That is Dante Cephas, the Kent State wide receiver. They didn't really, you know, u- utilize him a lot in that game. But he come alive in this game against Buffalo. High-scoring game, 48-38. Again, 13 catches, 186 yards, three touchdowns. You've got to consider this sophomore, sensational sophomore, I believe. Dante Cephas, Cephas wide receiver for Kent State. Guys, that is it for our show. We don't have a tight end because they're just not that important to Ah. (laughs) stash. You can stream them boogers all you want. Uh, You're going to be dropping them left and right. If you don't have uh, Michael Mayer or uh, 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 the guy at Colorado State, Trey McBride, Mm -hmm. you don't have those two guys or or Grant Dolchich and uh, UCLA, you don't really care. So, if you don't have one of those three guys, you really don't care because everybody else is as inconsistent as the day is long, man. And you can just pick and choose which guy you want to start that week based on a matchup if you don't have those three. So, we don't really care about tight ends here at CFF Nation. Thank you so much, John Lobb, the OG, one of the OGs in the game. Yes, sir. For coming by gracious with your presence and your knowledge and your expertise hopefully our listeners can glean from that and progress toward making the playoffs in their league getting their teams uh you know ready to make that run as we're on the downside of the of the regular season we just hit the uh mid the 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 midway point of the regular season and now you should be hitting your stride right about now we're getting them getting into conference play. So a lot of these games coming up are going to be crucial because you're jockeying for position in your league. Depending on how your league is set up, you want to get in those top spots. So all of your plays now become crucial. You got to pay attention to your matchups. You got to pay attention to the waiver wire. So many times the waiver wire wins your league. And so many times matchups can win you games. Right. Sometimes matchups can win you games. You play the wrong guy at the wrong time, and you lose because of it. It can knock you out of the playoff race and the playoff hunt where you were playing a game that you really needed to get. You needed to get that game, but you played the wrong guy. So you really want to pay attention to that and be very aware of those types of things. That's it for me. Owens, you got anything? That is it for me. That's it for him. Mr. John Lobb, go ahead and tell the people about uh, your work, where they can find your work and your and your resources, and uh, where they can find you at on social media.
2: First, thank you, both of you, for having me on again. I love your show. It's a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Tony and Marlon, the both of you are great college fantasy football fans, and that's what this is all about. And Hopefully, we gave your listeners some tips to help them when there are some games coming up. But please follow me on Twitter at Skull 91 I couldn't afford the A and the R when I signed up. So it's Skull 91 And then all my written work appears on Fantrax. They're the only site to play college fantasy football. But every Tuesday, my college fantasy football waiver wire gemstones is published. And for the rest of the night, I'll be writing my article that will be coming out, hopefully within the next 36 hours. But once again, gentlemen, thank you so much.
0: Those are, that's a that's a, that's a good resource. Always pay attention to jobs uh, John Lobb's material on track. So you want to check that stuff out. That's, uh, that's it for me. That's it for my guys. Until then, I'm out. Peace.
2: Peace.